0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show on the Podcast One Network, Thursday, October 17th, 2019. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio, Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, BeantownUSA.com. On today's show, I'm going to open with NFL, giving you picks picks for week number seven. Also, we got some news around the league. We've got some trades, some signings, and then, of course, some Patriots news as the Patriots get set for their Monday night football game at MetLife against the New York Jets. Then I will react to some NBA news. The Washington Wizards have lost their goddamn minds. I will tell you why I think that. Also, with the Celtics. Jalen Brown has reportedly turned down a contract extension from the Celtics. I'll give you the reported details on that. And I will react to Jalen Brown turning that contract down. And then I'll close out the show with some thoughts on the Major League Baseball postseason. As the NLCS has concluded, the wildcard Washington Nationals swept the St. Louis Cardinals in the NLCS. Nationals are going to the World Series. And now they sit back and wait to see who wins the ALCS between the Yankees and the Astros. I will give you my thoughts on that. All of it today presented by BetOnline. Sign up for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, the exclusive partner of PODCAST1 Sportsnet and the exclusive sponsor of the PODCAST1 Sportsnet Challenge, I take part in this every week. We make our NFL picks straight-up winners, money line, And you can check out the points and the standings at PodcastOneSportsNet.com. I am going up against the likes of Shaquille O'Neal, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Chael Sonnen, Adam Carolla, just to name a few. Uh, so it's, it's a heated contest. We... Are in heated competition right now. So make sure you check out the standings at podcast1sportsnet.com and all of it is presented by Bet Online. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, PIC. That's promo code PIC. And you can play for free this Sunday in the $1.1 million play action contest for week seven in the NFL. $1.1 million in total prizes. And $100,000 going to first place. And you could play in this contest for free. You could win $100,000 just for playing in a free contest. Only if you use my promo code PIC. P-I-C. Promo code PIC. P-I-C. At DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show as we get set to begin week 7 in the NFL. Uh, week 7 begins with Thursday Night Football as it always does. But I'll tell you the four teams that have a bye first. We have four teams with the bye. You got Cleveland... Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and Carolina, they have the bye for Week 7. There's no London game on the schedule this week. At least, I don't see one. I don't see a London game on the schedule in front of me. So, um, no early game. No 9 a.m. game for you to watch. All football on Sunday begins at 1 o'clock. But Week 7 begins with Thursday Night Football. Denver hosting Kansas City. Uh, The Chiefs, a three-point favorite on the road in Denver which is an interesting spread considering that Kansas City has lost two straight and Denver's won two straight. Still, though, on paper, who's a better team? Who would you take? I would take Patrick Mahomes, but here's the deal. I tell you all the time, I just stay away from the Thursday night game. I don't touch the Thursday night game. I never touch the Thursday night game. It's always a shit show, so you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen, but Kansas City is a three-point favorite in Denver to begin week seven on Thursday night football week seven will end with the Patriots as a 10 point favorite at MetLife on Monday night football as they take on the New York Jets a rematch from week three in which the Patriots won 30 to 14 the Patriots did not cover that game and the Patriots against the spread this year four and two Patriots have covered their last two wins in Washington and then last Thursday night against the Giants at home. The Patriots with a little extra long layoff considering they had that Thursday night game in Week 6 and now the Monday night game in Week 7. But that's how Week 7 will end. The Sunday night football game of the week is Dallas hosting Philly on NBC on Sunday night. Dallas a three-point favorite at home. There are some other options, though, for game of the week, I think, when you look at the schedule. One, like, what, like when you look at it and go, well, what game could be? the Sunday night football game of the week. One of them is a game that's taken place Sunday at 1 o'clock, Houston at Indianapolis. That is a matchup for first place in that AFC South division. And both Houston and Indy have have just beaten Kansas City this year. And Kansas City is a team that a lot of people were saying, you know, was going to come out of the AFC. Now people are having second thoughts on that, including myself. And in fact, I'm having more than just second thoughts on Kansas City. Now, I never picked Kansas City to come out of the AFC, but a lot of people did. I still was high on Kansas City. I thought maybe they'd be the two seed behind the Patriots, but I'm not even going to go there. I think the two seed, I think the second best team in the AFC is Houston. And I told you that on Monday's podcast. I told you that on Tuesday's live stream. So this is a game in which you got Houston, Indy, a battle for their division, first place in their division, two teams that have beaten Kansas City. This year, that could be the game of the week. Houston at Indianapolis. Instead, it's Sunday at 1 o'clock. And then you got New Orleans at Chicago. Mitch Trubisky, they're saying he could come back. Chicago's cautiously optimistic that he could play and get the start at quarterback for the Bears. Bears coming off the bye. New Orleans is just crushing it. What if they won four straight? And, And this could be the last week without Drew Brees... Uh, this could be... New Orleans at Chicago could easily be the game of the week. So you got other options there. The official Sunday Night Football game of the week on NBC is Dallas hosting Philadelphia with Dallas being a three-point favorite. So that's what the schedule looks like for Week 7. I mentioned the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Uh, I will get to them, but I'm going to give you my picks because I can't wait. You know, I've been... When, when you lose bets... You can't wait till the next week. You just can't wait. And I can't wait. I can't sit around and do a whole show and then give you my picks at the end of the show like I usually do. I can't even get into Patriots-Jets. I'm staying away, by the way, staying away from Patriots-Jets and and the 10 points there. Sam Donald has returned. They just beat the Cowboys, though. I think that says more about the Cowboys than it does the Jets. Still, the Jets, they they have a good defense at home, Pumped up for Monday night. I'm not saying the Patriots are going to lose this game. I'm not saying they're going to lose. The Patriots are 6-0, and the Jets have only won one game. And yeah, they looked better with Sam Donald on a center. He's going to take some shots down the field. But the Patriots are not going to lose the game. I just don't know if they're going to cover the 10 points. I'm just going to stay away from it. It's a high spread against a good defense in that good defense's building on the national stage on Monday night. For a team that's coming off a big win, so they might be feeling good about themselves. I'm going to stay away from Patriots Jets. And with that said, we might as well roll right into my picks. Picks, picks, week seven, hit the music. As always, picks, picks, presented by betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account using promo code podcast1 to receive a 50% sign up bonus. Betonline.ag, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. I went 0 for 5 last week. A winless week. A winless week. I can't remember the last time I had a winless week. So my record on the season now, 11 and 19 against the spread. It's not good, obviously. But I am due. When you go 0 for 5, you are due. Due. I thought I'd at least have one win. And then Green Bay could not cover on Monday night. Right? Green Bay ruined my week, but At the same time, it's like, why do you want to go 1 for 4 when you can just go 0 for 5? Anyways, 0 for 5. Some people might be tuning into these picks going, I'm going to pick the opposite of what Danny's taking against the spread, and that's just fine. But you're an adult. You can make your own decisions. So let's get to it. Let's go from 0-5 to 5-0, and, and I will begin with pick number one. Green Bay, yeah, they screwed me on Monday Night Football, but they are not going to screw me in Week 7. I'm taking Green Bay, a 5.5-point favorite over Oakland. This is Sunday at 1 at Lambeau. Green Bay at home. They won the game on Monday Night. They just didn't cover the, the spread, the four points for me. They still squeezed out a win over Detroit. Uh, the Packers are 5-1. and 1. They've won two straight, coming off a win, like I just told you, over Detroit on Monday Night Football. Oakland is 3-2, and two, and they are coming off the bye. Aaron Rodgers, I am predicting a huge day for Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau against this Raiders team. It's a young Raiders team, and it's a young Raiders team that is coming off the bye, and they've probably convinced themselves that they're better than they actually are, right? That's the way I feel about Oakland. They're above five hundred. They felt good going into the bye. They feel even better coming out of the bye. They're probably going to be feeling a little too good. And at Lambeau against the 5-1 Packers team, I just think Aaron Rodgers is going to go off. And I think this is going to be a reality check for the Oakland Raiders. It is. It's a reality check for Oakland. Knock on wood, if you're with me. I'm taking Green Bay all day, every day at home in this one. Give me the Packers minus 5.5 over Oakland Sunday at 1 o'clock then pick number 2 I'm going with Houston a 1 point dog over Indianapolis this is Sunday at 1 in Indianapolis at first I thought to myself Danny stay away from this one stay away these are two really good teams it's a divisional matchup it's a battle for first place it's in Indianapolis yeah you like Houston a lot this year you've made that very clear but it's in Indianapolis Indianapolis they've been surprisingly very good without Andrew Luck something's got to be said for that right just stay away. That's what I thought at first. Well, the more I think about it, I'm just too high on Houston. They're four and two. Alright? They're coming off a huge win against the Chiefs in Kansas City. Uh, and you look at the Colts. They're three and two. And they're coming off the bye. This is basically a pick'em, right? This is a pick'em. Who wins this game? Who's the better team? I told you I'm really high on Houston. Uh be in a battle for first place if I if I really truly believe deep down inside that Houston is the toughest opponent for the best team in the AFC which is the New England Patriots if I really believe that Houston is the toughest opponent for the Patriots then I guess I gotta put my money where my mouth is and I will do that and I'll say if Houston's gonna be that team I think they are they have to go into Indianapolis and win this game they just have to do it Uh, I expect Houston to go on a little bit of a run here moving forward that was a big win against Kansas City and it showed a lot not just about their offense but but Houston's defense made two huge stops late in that game that prevented Patrick Mahomes from doing anything and they made the Chiefs punt on their final two possessions inside their own 25 in their own building I just think Houston not only offensively is ready to make a run but also defensively give me the Texans in this one I'm taking Houston plus one over the Colts in Indianapolis, pick number three. I'm going with Minnesota, the Vikings. A two-point favorite over the Detroit Lions. This game is Sunday at 1 o'clock in Detroit. The Vikings' offense exploded last week in a win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Minnesota now 4-2. They've won two straight. All seems well with Stefan Diggs, right? A lot of people talking about Stefan Diggs. Is he going to get traded? Does he want to be traded? Is he still demanding a trade? He had a huge day last week in that offensive explosion for minnesota and a win over philadelphia so I, I like minnesota right now i especially like their defense when you look at detroit they're 2-2-1 two, two and one. they've lost two straight but they lost two straight to really good teams they lost to kansas city and then they lost to green bay like i said on monday night football um when when you look at i mentioned the vikings defense which again i love they allow just 15 points per game They have a top 10 pass defense, but you look at Detroit's pass defense, the fifth worst pass defense in the league. This could be a close game considering it's a NFC North divisional battle. You know, I I actually, I'm surprised by what I've seen out of Detroit this year. I think they've been, they've been a a better team than I I expected them to be, especially after a week one tie to Arizona, right? A bad Arizona team. Uh, Detroit has has looked decent. And I like the fight that they've put up against really good teams the last couple weeks, even though they've lost these games against the Chiefs and the Packers. So Detroit's been better than I expected. Still, even if this is close, it's a win for me, which is the two-point spread. I'm taking Minnesota, minus two. Yeah, they're on the road, but I expect them to be able to throw the football once again and continue to put up points. And I just like the Vikings' defense better than Detroit's defense. Home field shouldn't have that much of an impact in this game. I'm going with Minnesota to win a close one. And even if they win by a field goal, they cover for me. Give me the Vikings minus two over the Lions in Detroit. Then I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens, a three-point dog in Seattle against the Seahawks. Upset alert. Upset alert. Stupid is as stupid does. And the NFL is dumb stupid it's a dumb league stupid stuff happens all the time seattle losing this game at home to baltimore would be you know a perfect portrayal of what the nfl is week in and week out what do we have with seattle right now we have a five and one team that's one three straight right they're five and one they've won three straight and they're in their own building a place that historically you just shouldn't pick against them in their own building, especially when they're having a season like this, when they're 5-1, and one, they're on a roll having one three straight. But I've already seen Seattle, we've already seen them lose at home this year. A couple weeks ago, to the New Orleans Saints, the Drew brees New Orleans Saints, and credit where credit's due to New Orleans. They looked, they've they looked very good without Drew Brees. Okay? And that's that may be the biggest story in the NFL, what New Orleans has been able to do without Drew Brees. So... You know, take it for what it's worth. But still, Seattle at home, they should have won that game. They just made dumb mistakes on the field and with the coaching staff. Seattle, they don't have this big, bad defense that we usually used to them seeing. At least, at least they don't have that right now. So you don't have that big, bad defense. You already lost once at home. Yeah, you look like you're on a roll. You're coming off a win over Cleveland. Even though you try to give Cleveland the game with that terrible punt late in the in the fourth quarter. Um, and Cleveland was just like, I don't want... Th- I, we don't want the win. We don't want the win. Cleveland... They didn't want that win. Cleveland was going to Cleveland at the end of the day in that game. And that's what they did. And they handed Seattle the win. Seattle, 5-1. and one. They're in this divisional battle uh, in the NFC West... And I know they look great right now, and I know you might say, why would you bet against Seattle at home? Well, the reason I'm doing it is because I've seen Baltimore and what they've been able to do against quarterbacks that have the potential to run around and create time and space for themselves. Kyle Murray uh, didn't run all over them. Patrick Mahomes, he didn't run all over them. I think they'll be able to contain Russell Wilson. Baltimore's defense, also, they might be getting a little extra juice from a trade they made this week. They acquired... Quarterback Marcus Peters from the Los Angeles Rams and they only had to give up a linebacker so if you're Baltimore you get that big name piece on your defense in a trade this week uh, you're 4-2, you've won two straight you're going on the road a lot of people are going to be betting against you you're a three point dog and I look at this and go just in general, Baltimore shouldn't win this game Seattle should, for the reasons I already mentioned but it's a dumb league it's a stupid league, and and if it's going to continue to be a stupid league, then Seattle losing this game at home to Baltimore is going to be a perfect portrayal of what the league is. I think Baltimore goes in. They shock a lot of people, and they win this game. Give me the Ravens a three-point dog over Seattle Sunday at 425 in Seattle. And then my fifth and final pick, the lock of the week, my lock of the week, I'm taking the Chicago Bears a a three-and-a-half point favorite over the New Orleans Saints. This is Sunday at 425 in Chicago. Mitch Trubisky, he practiced on Wednesday. Quarterback for the Bears. He's been out with a shoulder injury, but he practiced this week. The Bears are cautiously optimistic. That's their quote. They're cautiously optimistic that Trubisky is going to play in this game. Now, the Bears, while that's good news, they have some bad news. They've lost defensive tackle Akeem Hicks. He's on injured reserve, and, and that's a that's a decent hit to Chicago's defense. Still, I love Chicago's defense at home. Chicago's defense this season—they've given up just 13 points per game. And when you look at New Orleans, New Orleans, the Saints are five and one. They've won four straight. They're coming off a win in Jacksonville over the Jaguars. But there are some questions. Alvin Kamara is banged up. His status for this game is in question. Um. I just think that as good as the Saints have been, this is possibly the last week without Drew Brees. Still no Drew Brees, that means. So we're not going to see Drew Brees in this game. They've done a nice job. They're one of the top stories, if not the top story in the NFL. But something's got to give. Going to Chicago against the 3-2 and Bears team. They're coming off the bye. I love that defense. Like I told you, they only allowed 13 points per game. Mitch Trubisky's coming back. At Chicago, I just think the Bears win this game. That half point, or that extra point and a half, that might screw me. But still, I'm taking Chicago. Chicago at home, a three-and-a-half point favorite. They are my lock of the week over the New Orleans Saints. So my five picks for week number seven, I'm going with Green Bay minus five-and-a-half. Houston plus one. Minnesota minus two. Baltimore plus three. And in my lock of the week, Chicago minus three and a half picks picks every week presented by betonline.ag sign up today for a free account using promo code podcast one to receive a 50% sign up bonus that's promo code podcast one for a 50% sign up bonus betonline.ag the exclusive partner of podcast one sportsnet so those are my picks I couldn't wait I just had to get them out I had to get my picks I couldn't wait for the entire show um, I've had a bad season. You know, it's, you know what's weird? I got off to such a great start. I was seven and three through the first two weeks. Seven and three through the first two weeks, and now, you know, I've had a tough couple weeks, a tough stretch. But I'm due. You know, you know how this thing works. So if there's ever a week to pay attention to my picks, it would be the week in which I'm coming off an zero and five week. Because at the end of the day, it can't get any worse than that, right? It can't get any worse than that, and I don't expect it get worse than that. So those are my picks for Week 7. The news around the NFL, as we get closer to the trade deadline, the trade deadline is going to be Tuesday, October 29th. So the Patriots are going to play two more games until we get to the trade deadline. They're going to play Week 7 this week, Monday Night Football, against the Jets. I told you I'm staying away from that. And then they're going to play against the Cleveland Browns in Week 8 at home. And then two days after that game against Cleveland, uh, the Patriots will have a decision to make. You know, what do they do at the trade deadline? You know, what what moves do they make? What moves do they not make? I actually, I don't know that they're going to make any moves. I know everybody thinks that the Patriots are going to Make this big trade for a receiver. You know, you hear all these names. You, you hear the Falcons are going to be selling because they're off to a terrible start. Mohamed Sanu, maybe their tight end, Austin Hooper. But before that, we heard Stephon Diggs. We heard Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Who else? There was somebody else we were throwing. Some other wide receiver's name we were throwing. There were a couple others. I just think that if the Patriots do make a move, I have a feeling it's going to be somebody that we're not even talking about. Right? It's somebody that we're not even talking about. But as much as they do need help offensively, I tell you what, if they can just get Phillip set back and they can fix things on the offensive line, they dodge the bullet with the Josh Gordon knee injury. That That's not... They're saying that's not serious. So we'll see what his status is going to be on Monday and what his status is going to be moving forward. But... And they bring back Ben Watson, right? They, they re-sign Ben Watson. Some people have, had teased that maybe that's an option after they cut him last week uh, because Matt Lacoste, the tight end, he goes down with an MCL sprain. So they re-sign Ben Watson. They also bring in this tight end, Eric Tomlinson, who's a former Jet, by the way. And I don't know if they just think he's going to be able to give some insight on the Jets. I have no idea. I don't know anything about Eric Tomlinson. I don't know what type of role he's going to play. Maybe he can block for you. Maybe they look they're looking for some blocking up front with a blocking tight end. I don't know, but I think if you if you get Philip Dorsett healthy and you can fix things on the offensive line, I really do believe that fixing the offensive line can really work wonders for Tom Brady. It can. It can, If it doesn't matter who the receivers are, because you you fix that offensive line. And not only do you work, it doesn't work, one is for Tom Brady by blocking for Tom Brady, but it also opens up the run game, which also opens things up for the pass game. I mean, this seems like simple football one-on-one terminology and logic, but I mean, I do think the Patriots offense and the questions that we have with it is as simple as fixing some things up front and maybe getting someone like Philip Dorsett back and healthy. So all of this talk is going to be you know, Patriots at the deadline, here's what they need, here are the big names available, here's what they should do, here's what we think they're going to do. Everybody and their mother thinks that the Patriots are going to do something at the deadline. And you know what that tells me? It tells me that I think they're not going to do anything at the deadline. I I don't know that they're going to do anything at the deadline. So um, we'll keep our eye on it. But, I mean, with regards to the Patriots, I just mentioned the news. They bring in Tomlinson, the tight end. They re-signed Ben Watson What does that do for them? I don't know. I don't know what Ben Watson is right now. I really don't. At this stage of his career, he had the concussion in the preseason. I mean, they released him for a reason last week, right? (laughs) Now they bring him back because they need depth. Is he going to be depth or is he going to be more than depth? We shall see. We shall find out. Uh, But the other news with the Patriots is that they've suspended, and this was with the defensive end now, they've suspended defensive lineman Michael Bennett for one week for conduct detrimental to the team. And so Michael Bennett will not be with the Patriots on Monday night against the Jets. He's suspended. Now, Michael Bennett issued a statement on Friday. And by the way, if you can hear someone talking in the background, it's because there's somebody outside the window of the studio on speakerphone, talking on their phone as loud as they possibly can. They're waiting for the bus. They could literally stand anywhere on the fucking street that they want but they choose to stand right here in this one little spot and they just continue to talk loud. And, and you know what? I, some people might say, well, you're the only one that can hear it. Danny, I don't think so. This person is talking loud enough where it's probably being picked up in the background. So I just want to apologize. If I seem thrown off, I'm trying not to be, but it's, it's, at times it's a little difficult. At times it's a little difficult uh, because the windows on the street side of this studio are not very good. One of the panes is broken. And so it's really thin and you can hear everything outside. You might, you can probably hear like the ambulances and uh, the sirens from cops and firefighters driving by on Granite Ave, a major road. You can probably hear that every once in a while. So I just want to say, if you can hear someone talking in the background, they're not in the studio. They're outside of the studio. And if it's pissing you off, then I just want to let you know it's pissing me off too. But if you can't hear it, well, forget, forget about what I just said. As you were. As you were. Anyways, Michael Bennett suspended for one week Bennett issued a statement and the statement read quote on Friday I had a philosophical disagreement with my position coach that has led to my suspension I apologize to my teammates for any distraction this may have caused end quote so Bennett is saying that he had a disagreement a philosophical disagreement with his position coach now a couple of things to keep in mind here. One, it's not like they're just gonna bench him. I, I, I think that if this was just as simple as a philosophical disagreement, then it wouldn't have been a suspension. It would have been maybe they bench him for the first half of the Monday night game, or they bench him for the first quarter. Right? It would have been a, something, something as simple as that. If it was simply a philosophical disagreement. So the fact that it's a weak suspension uh, and he's going to miss a game, I think it might have been a little more serious than a philosophical disagreement. Was there a philosophical disagreement? Probably. But was there a little more than that? I'm willing to bet there was. How much more? I don't know. Enough to the point where the Patriots said, we're not just benching you for a half. We're going to suspend you for the entire week. Okay? So Bennett has basically apologized to his teammates for any distraction this have caused. Should I read into that and wonder why he's not also apologizing to the coach (laughs) that he had the disagreement with? Or maybe even Bill Belichick? Um, I don't know what to believe here. But I also will say that if it was that bad of a situation, and that serious of a situation, the Patriots would have just cut him. Right? They would have just cut him. Now they'd be eating salary and, and all that. But... The Patriots don't mess around when it comes to this stuff, as we know. They would have just cut him. Or maybe they're holding on to him knowing that they're going to trade him before the deadline. You talk about trades, maybe if they do make a trade, maybe they trade Bennett. And I know a lot of people are trying to put Bennett in trade talks and and in in trade proposals and say, well, they could package Bennett to get this player or to get that player. Maybe the Patriots are just going to say, we just want to get rid of this guy. We don't really play him all that much anyways. So instead of just cutting them, we'll just get rid of them for a draft pick. Doesn't have to be a great draft pick, but it can be a draft pick nonetheless. So maybe that's what they're going to do. They could. And so maybe they're going to suspend them for this week. Give themselves a week to work out a trade. And maybe that's what we're going to see. But it's something to keep your eye out for. You know, it's tough to get that worked up about this because Bennett doesn't really... You know, the Patriots defense has been so good What has he played? A total of, I think, 25 total snaps the last two games combined, Bennett. So it's not like Bennett is this huge, important piece to this Patriots defense. If anything, I I think this shows that he's not. Um, And the Patriots will be just fine without him. So the question is, what's next for Bennett? Not what's next for the Patriots, because Patriots will be fine without Bennett. They don't need Bennett. But what's next for Bennett? Right? Um... Does he just get cut at some point? Does he come back and everything's fine and he accepts his role? Or does he get traded? Keep an eye on it. I honestly don't know. Because I don't I don't think we know enough about the situation that happened, which they're saying happened a day after the win over the Giants in which Bennett didn't play all that much. I'm sure he's not happy he's not playing, right? I'm sure he's not happy about his role, about his playing time. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. At the same time, you know, if the Patriots are having all the success without you, you can also want to stay in the Patriots aspect, you know, the Patriots side of things where it's like, well, you know, what are we going to do? If it's not broke, don't fix it. And, and if we don't think Michael Bennett is having as much of an impact as we initially thought he was going to have, then we're not going to play him like that. We're not going to play him as much. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't. But if you put a gun to my head, I would say that it ends with Bennett on another team either being released at some point or being traded. And if he's not traded, then maybe he is released. And because maybe at some point he has one too many philosophical disagreements with the team about his playing time, right? And maybe the Patriots are just holding on to him through the trade deadline to see if there's value there, if they can get anything for him, even if it is just a draft pick. So something to keep an eye out for. Another thing to keep an eye out for is still Gronk watch. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but Gronk, I talked about this on the live stream on Tuesday. He did get on the radio the other day and say that he's not coming back. He was asked and he said, no, it's a no for me. I'm not coming back. And you could say, well, that's it. You know, you get some people that will say, that's it. He said it. You got to believe him. Well, how can I believe him if just several days before that, Last Thursday night, he was on Fox making his debut in the pregame show. And he was out there saying, I'll always keep the door open. (laughs) So, which side of it do I believe? See, here's the deal. He said that on Fox. He said, I'll always keep the door open. And he got publicity. He made headlines. Right now, I do think Gronk's goal is to make headlines. I do. I think his goal is to make headlines. And... If, he, if, he's, if his goal is to make headlines, then he can't get on the radio four days after saying he's always keeping the door open. He can't get on the radio and say the same thing. That's not newsworthy. That's not headline worthy. Gronk's a smart dude. He's being led by smart people. And one of those people that's still leading him, I believe, it's Drew Rosenhaus. And I believe there's still some type of public negotiation with the Patriots. Okay? And so, right now, the Patriots... They need offensive help. I think Rosenhouse knows that. I think Gronk knows that. He is staying in the headlines for a reason. And you could say, well, it's to promote his CBD company because that's what he was doing. And uh, he promotes his CBD company on the radio. And uh, he... Uh, this is Now, I have to... See, here's what's going on here in the studio. There's fucking people talking, like, right next to the glass in the store on the phone. There's this dude outside of the glass... Speaking on speaker, talking on speakerphone. I can't even fucking think straight in here. I can't even think straight in here. What is going on? There's people all around me on their fucking phones. Uh, anyways, you know, you lose your, you lose your train of thought when you got, it, you, it sounds like there's people in the fucking studio with you. I just wish the bus would come and pick up this idiot outside of the studio. Just move down the street, buddy. It's not that hard. So, I don't know. I'm losing my mind in here. But it's driving me crazy. You know You know what's funny about this? Is that the minute I am done recording, I'm leaving this all into because why the fuck not? But the minute I'm done recording, do you know what's going to happen? There's going to be crickets around here for four fucking days. Four days! There'll be crickets! There won't be a single person talking on their phone, waiting for the bus, in the store. It won't happen. It won't happen. Crickets. But when I got to get something done and I need to do some shit, everybody and their mother is outside the studio talking as loud as they can on their speaker phones. It's unbelievable. And it's par for the course for my fucking life. Sorry, I had to get that out there. But it's ridiculous. I just, and and it's not, I don't even know that I blame these people. I just blame whatever karma that surrounds my life. It's just nonstop. Either people in my way, people trying to get in my way, people who aren't trying to get in my way just somehow happening to fall, standing next to my window, talking as loud as they can on speakerphone. Oh, man. It's another day in the life. Where was I? Talking about Gronk. Talking about Gronk. Here's what we need to know about Gronk. He's coming back. That's what I still believe. I still believe it. Gronk is coming back. That's what you need to know. Also around the NFL, the Rams trade Marcus Peters. I told you that in Picks Picks. They trade him to Baltimore for linebacker Kenny Young. I don't know much about Kenny Young. I don't know much about Kenny Young, but the Rams think that this could help them because they also made a blockbuster deal to acquire Jalen Ramsey. They get Jalen Ramsey in a trade. Now, they gave up a lot. They gave up two first-round picks to Jacksonville. Good for Jacksonville because we talk about the market, right? The market value for a lot of these guys. And that's another reason why I sit here and go, I don't know that the Patriots are going to make a big move because the prices are so high. And they don't go down when you get trades like this. They don't. They don't go down when you get trades like this. Jalen Ramsey, two first-round picks, goes to the Rams. The Rams need them. I mean, the Rams Rams are having a tough stretch right now. They are having a tough go of it. They play, they play Atlanta. The Rams and Atlanta. You talk about a game in which both teams need to win. I think Atlanta's season's over. What are they, 1-5? Atlanta's season's over. They're 1-5. It's it's done. Um, I don't expect Atlanta to do anything good. Moving forward. But the but the Rams still have a shot. You know, the Rams at three and three. They can still salvage their season. We'll see if they do that. We'll see if they do that. But uh that's the news around the NFL, and I gave you my picks. And I vented about all these assholes that right now are just ruining my day. Ruining my day. You probably can't even hear them. I probably couldn't I, I probably didn't even have to mention it to you listening to the show, and you would have no idea. And you would have no idea. But it's annoying. It's annoying. You know? It's annoying. Trying to do a show. Trying to pay the bills. Trying to pay the bills. Speaking of paying the bills, Bradley Beal is not going to have a problem paying the bills anytime soon. We've talked about the NBA now, and and this China storyline, right? The NBA's relationship with China and Daryl Morey with the, the tweet that supported the Hong Kong protests. And then I talked about on Tuesday's live stream, my reaction to LeBron James speaking about um, Daryl Morey's tweet and the NBA's relationship with China. And LeBron James basically said, and I don't know why people can't understand this. I'm not going to go on the China rant again, but why can't people understand that LeBron... All he basically said was he didn't say oh, "I love everything that's going on in China." All he said was I think he was he was honest. LeBron was honest when he said, "Look, I'm so, I, I I don't want to lose money." <laughs> it's about money. We all know it's about money. But he's the only one that's really being honest about it without saying those exact words. But that's what he said. Why is that so difficult for people to understand? I think we take it to a new level, one, because it is LeBron James. But also, you know, we've been begging for these NBA guys to speak up about it. And I guess my question is, well, do you want them to be? What do you want them to be? Do you want them to be honest? Because I thought LeBron was honest when he's like, I think Darryl Morey should have shut his mouth because now he's going to try to cost me money. You know, he's going to try to cost some some of our players now might lose some money. Some of my plays might lose money because money because Daryl Morey sends a tweet out. I don't think LeBron's out there saying anything about human rights or chi- I think he's just acknowledging the fact that a tweet like that could lose the league money, and that's the reality of it. LeBron isn't. Go- people need to understand LeBron James isn't going to save the world. He's not. And, and people say, well, he speaks up about issues in America. Doesn't LeBron James, have, he has more influence in his own country than he does with what's going on in China, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Of course he does. People don't want to see that, though. It's the outrage culture. It's it's what people do. They get pissed off. I I thought it was somewhat refreshing. Not to say that I think it's right what the NBA's doing, bending the knee to China, but I just accept the fact that it's going to happen because no league is going to want to lose money. It's just, it's all about money. I've already gone on this rant. I'm not going to do it again, but LeBron James, I thought he was refreshingly honest by saying it is about money and I don't want to lose money, <laughs> you know, um, not to say that I agree, I agree with the, the concept of what the NBA is doing and them basically siding with China or bending the knee and continuing with this relationship, but let's be honest, if nobody, if Daryl Morey didn't send out the tweet, the NBA would be doing preseason stuff in China. And I don't think anybody would even be wanting the NBA to comment on it. Would they? Would they? I don't know. I don't think they would. Um. Anyways. Where was I? Oh, with the NBA. You know, we talk about them and China and money. Hey, Bradley Peel must love him some China too. Right? Because his contract that he just signed, the Washington Wizards, have given Bradley Beal a two-year, $72 million extension. $72 million over two years. That's insane. That's $36 million average annual for Bradley Beal. Now, Bradley Beal, this is an extension on top of the five-year contract that he's currently playing under. Uh, He is entering year four of a five-year, $127 million contract. That's $25 million average annual. Um, He's 26 years old right now. This So, this two-year extension begins for Bradley Beal in the 21-22 season. 2021-22. So, Bradley Beal is this year and next year under his current five-year $127 million contract. And then after that, he tax on two more years at an average annual of 36 mil on a two-year $72 million extension. Which then, after that, I think there's like a player option where... Washington could sign him for an insane deal that would land him something close to like 50 million a year, right? That based on the NBA s- salary cap and the CBA stuff, these insane contract rules that they have. So Bradley Beal, I would say he doesn't even have to say it. He is all about China. <laughs> um but Bradley Beal, man, what a contract. But you look at that contract and you have to say to yourself, imagine being Jalen Brown looking at that contract. Jalen Brown, also a number three overall pick. Bradley Beal was a number three overall pick in 2012. Jalen Brown, also a number three overall pick. Jalen Brown is what? Three years younger? Three and a half years younger? Then Bradley Beal, the report today, or at least, no, was it yesterday? The report yesterday, last night, according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, is that Jalen Brown was offered a four-year, $80 million extension. That's $20 million a year, obviously. Four years, $80 million. That's what Jalen Brown was offered. Now, Jalen Brown, he turns 23 years old next week. Um he is entering the final year of his deal before being a restricted free agent next offseason. And so the Celtics, understandably, would try to lock Jalen Brown up to a contract right now. And I I don't blame the Celtics. Could you imagine if the Red Sox, though, like, imagine if this was the Red Sox. They'd be getting heat, right? Celtics would be getting heat if they were the Red Sox for this offer. But if you want to think of it realistically and... If you're having a negotiation, you got to have a starting point, I think. And you got to throw out a number. You got to get a contract out. Now, Danny Ainge went on the radio today and said that that report that Jalen Brown was offered a four year, $80 million extension is not accurate. Though he did say they've had conversations. So, do you want to believe Danny Ainge or not? I don't know. I'm actually going to believe the report. But the other part of this report is that not only was Jalen Brown offered a four-year, $80 million extension, he rejected it. He rejected it. And my reaction to this is, good for him. Good for him. Good for Jalen Brown. Why, why in the world, if you're Jalen Brown, and you look around the league, and you see all these, all this money, all these big contracts being this dope, to guys that really don't deserve it? Now, does Bradley Beal put up bigger numbers than Jalen Brown? Yeah. But if you look at Jalen Brown's current situation, the Celtics' current situation. Kyrie Irving is gone. Jalen Brown has an opportunity this season to really increase his minutes, to really uh, pump up his numbers, and to increase his value. Jalen Brown would be crazy. He would be crazy to accept a four-year, $80 million extension at twenty million a year right now when he has his opportunity in front of him. Now... Let's say he has a year in which, I don't know, let's say there's injuries or let's say he just doesn't have a good year and his numbers stay the same around, like, what's he averaging, 13, 14 points a game or something, right? Let's just say the numbers stay the same. He doesn't have a great year. Some people might say, well, he should have accepted that $80 million. No, you – the reward is greater than the risk. Jalen Brown, he's hired an agent. I believe it's the same agent that Al Horford has. Uh – if you're Jalen Brown, good for you, for not accepting this contract. If it's Celtics, I can understand. You know, you try to throw a number out right now and and see maybe he sees
1: eighty million
0: and he just get maybe he just gets excited at that number and he's like, wow, eighty million, that's a lot of money. However, when you look at the mar- market value, when you look at the rest of the league, when you look at a contract that's reported today, Bradley Beal a two year extension, seventy two mil. Uh, if you're Jalen Brown, you're like, man, I'm three years younger than him. I'm also a number three overall pick. I'm primed for a big season. No way am I going to take a four year, 80 million extension right now. No way. No way. So good for Jalen Brown. He would be absolutely nuts to accept this deal, given what he has in front of him for this season with the Celtics. But I can also see it from the Celtics' end. You know, get a number out there, get a contract, see what's up. But if you're Jalen Brown, I don't. If you're Jalen Brown, you don't. You don't sign anything right now. You don't sign anything. Now the Celtics are not going to offer Jalen Brown a max contract yet. Could it happen? If Jalen Brown has the season, I I think that he has the potential to have. Then maybe. We could see something like that, something close to it. Something a lot better than four years, 80 mil. Um, but the Celtics would also be crazy to make him a max offer right now. So you're in wait and see mode on what Jalen Brown's going to be this year, given the team situation and the opportunity that exists in front of him. But if you're the Celtics, you're also like, eh, maybe he sees the number 80 million and, and that would be a huge discount for us and we throw it at him right now and see what happens. Well, they did it. I don't blame them. But if you're Jalen Brown, I also, I actually applaud him for rejecting this four year 80 million extension. Do I think that means that he is he's leaving the Celtics? No, I don't. But I think that he is certainly betting on himself right now. And if he bets on himself and he has a huge season and you're the Celtics and you got to give him a big contract, I mean, how could you complain about that? You draft, he's one of the, I mean, you, this was part of the plan, right? Talked about all these Brooklyn picks, the guys that you got. Um You need to talk about Jason Tatum's gonna be up after after next season as a restricted free agent. And you hope the same thing with him. Right? You hope the same thing with him. You hope that he puts himself in position to be a max player. That's that would be a good thing. So I don't think I don't think that means that these guys are just gonna be gone and off the team because they're rejecting these contracts. No, no, no. I think they're playing it the right way. And I think the Celtics are playing it the right way by at least just throwing it out there at them right now. See what happens. So uh, that's the news of the Celtics. Jalen Brown rejects a four-year $80 million extension. And my reaction to it is, good fam. Good fam. And so I'll close out the show with my thoughts on Major League Baseball and the postseason there. Uh, as we just wait and see who's going to win the ALCS, the Nationals, the wild-card Nationals, they sweep the Cardinals in the NLCS. I did not think they were going to sweep them, but they did. They made it look easy. And now the Nationals wait and see who they're going to play. Now, with the Yankees, Astros, and the ALCS, it is interesting because last night on Wednesday night, game four with Houston. Houston leads the series two games to one. Game four in the Bronx was supposed to be last night on Wednesday night, but we had some terrible weather up the East Coast, and it got postponed. Till tonight. And it does have an effect on the rotations moving forward in the series. And at least from the Yankees' perspective, they were looking at game four. If it was played last night on Wednesday night, they even said it publicly. They said, this is a bullpen game for us. We're going with the bullpen. We're not starting Tanaka on short rest. So with the postponement and the rain out, guess what happened? Tanaka now is on full rest for Game 4 tonight on this Thursday night. So instead of a bullpen game, you get Tanaka on normal rest tonight in Game 4. It's going to be Tanaka versus Greinke in a rematch of Game 1. What it also does is it sets up Tanaka to be available for a potential Game 7 on short rest. To start that game on short rest, Game 7. And Because if you had gone with the bullpen game in Game 4 last night and... You go with Tanaka in game five, then what do you got? If you're going with Tanaka in game five, then you get a day off and you got game six and then you get game seven with only two days' rest. And I think you can rule out a start for Tanaka on two days' rest, but you could give him a start, you know, with a short leash on short rest, on three days' rest. And that's what this postponement opens up for Tanaka and the Yankees for a potential game seven. Will it go that far? I have no idea. Um I I think that if you're gonna bet at this point, if you're gonna bet against Verlander and Garrett Cole, then uh, uh, that's a that's a tough bet. I wouldn't bet. The way Cole is pitching right now. You know, he is doing something, I don't want to say legendary, but Garrett Cole is having a, a, a stretch right now that's pretty damn close to it. And he is lights out. So if you're going to bet against that, good luck to you. I'm not going to bet against it. Right now, Houston leads the ALC, has two games to one. So uh, as this series continues in the Bronx, and then, you know goes, I, I it, you know, going to Houston, So you got Granky, you just look at it this way. Would you put your money on Tanaka or Granky tonight? i put my money on Tanaka. I would. So, you got the series then tied at two, and you get game five tomorrow night on Friday night, Paxton versus Verlander. And then you got a game six. When is that going to be? Sunday? Six and seven, Sunday and Monday of, of next week, I believe. That's what we're going to look at for game six and seven. It could go seven. It could go seven. But I still wouldn't put my money against Houston at this point. I really wouldn't. But we'll see what happens. Whatever does happen, I will react to it on Monday's podcast. So make sure you hit subscribe. Podcast one. iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. And check out my newly designed, my redesigned website, I... I designed it, redesigned it from scratch. So check it out. All of my stuff, podcasts, videos, columns, blogs, and more in one place. DannyPicard.com. Make sure you go check that out. I apologize for my outburst earlier today, but uh, sometimes, you know, when it feels like it's coming at you all at once, it comes at you all at once. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? It does. I'll be back on Monday to react to all of Week 7 in the NFL. And then on Tuesday of next week, my live stream on YouTube, I will react to Patriots, Jets. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I'm out. Talk to you on Monday.